Welcome to the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. We're getting ready to have an old-fashioned line-on-line, precept-on-precept study of God's Word to search out those deeper truths and gain a greater understanding of the Bible. We would love for you to join us today as we dig in and learn what it is God would truly have us to know from His letter that He wrote to us. God bless you and welcome into the study today. We're glad to have you. I'm going to be picking it up in Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. Now, coming up to this, we have Joseph who has been sold into slavery. And through his slavery, he's kind of been cheated again or wronged again by Potiphar's wife. And now he's thrown in prison. And as I covered in the last uh, study, what necessarily the way that he was thrown in prison and the duties that were here that he was given, it's not like Potiphar really seemed to completely believe his wife. So with that being said, let's pick it up in chapter 40, verse 1. We ask for that understanding and clarity from our Father in Jesus' name. And verse 1 reads, And it came to pass after all these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And and he put them inward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and served them, and they continued a season in the ward. And this season, it just means they they were there some days. Uh, Verse 5, and they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man in his, uh, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me then, I pray thee, I pray ye. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches. And it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And the Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into the Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup unto Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. Now remember, Joseph said that he's not doing the interpretations, but interpretations are from God. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto the place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup unto his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. Now in this dream, the pressing the grapes into the cup, this was a religious ceremony that was practiced in Egypt at this time. And what they would have, they would have a cup with uh, some honey and, and some other spices and stuff, and during the ceremony they would 
basically juice the grapes into it, press the grapes to get the juice out, and then take the cup. Verse 14, but think on me when it shall be well with thee. So remember, remember me, tell them about me in here. And show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. I have not done anything wrong, and you can see that I'm a, a godly man. So, you know, whenever you get there, see if you can't work out a pardon with Pharaoh for me. Verse 15. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon, into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And this white baskets would be wicker baskets. And in the uppermost basket, there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh. And the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. Remember, God is doing the interpretations. He's giving them to, jo to Joseph. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, and they shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. Well, his didn't turn out quite as good as the, as the cupbearers. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup un into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. But what happened? Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. I guess that's just all too common with the flesh. You, you're in a bind and you really concentrate and do all you can to, you know, find your way out. Or you lean on somebody, you, you, you lean on God, and then whenever everything's going good for you, you just kind of forget about it. And matter of fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, uh, it's, that whole chapter is the song of Moses that you hear about in Revelation. They would be singing a new song. It would be the song of the Lamb and the song of Moses. Well, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, you have that song. And God comes up with a nickname, kind of a, a pet name for Israel. He calls them Jeshurun. And it's because whenever Israel was doing, whenever they were just living high on the hall, whenever they were having good time and, and prosperity and everything, they would forget about God. But as soon as there was any type of trouble come about, they fell right back in and, and went to worshiping and went to acting right and doing what they were supposed to do. And Jeshurun, it means fat, dumb, and happy because that's what they would get. Everything would ease up. God would be, go to blessing them, and they'd get fat, and they'd forget, and they'd just be happy, and then they'd fall right into turmoil again. So verse, or chapter 41, verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. Two years he was in here. And behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kind and fat-fleshed, and they fed in the meadow. 
And behold, seven other kind came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. So Pharaoh awoke. That might kind of get you to wake up if, if you got cattle eating cattle. That's just not natural. <clears throat> Verse 5. And he slept and dreamed a second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. Now, something about this, this the seven ears of corn, this is, in Egypt, there is a, a wheat that is tri, let's see, tri, triticum compositum. It's, that's the, the genealogical name of it. But what it does, instead of wheat like how we have here in America where it goes up and, and you've got one stem basically, and then on that stem you have pairs of, of the, the fruit go up, on this specific type, it came up and kind of looked like a, a candelabra or, or a, a menorah where it would branch out and have seven branches basically or seven ears of good wheat on it instead of just the one like we have. So that's what it's talking about here. It's not necessarily corn. That's a bit of a mistranslation, but it's this wheat. And uh, Verse 6, And behold, seven thin ears, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. Now, blasted with the east wind, this is, I mean, it, it always symbolizes something bad. The east wind in Egypt, the prevailing winds are from north and south, so when they get an east wind, it, it always symbolizes turmoil or trouble. Verse 7, And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians in Egypt, and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Now you remember, Joseph spoke the truth. He said the interpretations are from uh, are of God; they're not from magicians and wise men. And and matter of fact, in Ezekiel, in the beginnings of chapter thirteen, God says, "Woe to you who prophesy out of your own hearts! Woe to you who who make up stuff." Basically, verse nine. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, "I do remember my faults this day." It dawned on him. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in the ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was with us a young man, an Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man, according to his dream, did he interpret. And it came to pass, as, his inter as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me, he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. So what he's saying is this dude, he, God's, got, God's with him. He's given true interpretations. If there's anyone here that can do it, it can be him. And, and it's all because of the faith that Joseph has in God. Verse 14, Then Pharaoh said, sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. 
and he shaved himself and, and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. Now, in Egypt, the, the reason why they say they shaved himself, in Egypt, a beard was, uh, uh, it was a disgrace, okay? And so it just, he, he had to clean up before he come before the king, what it was. <clears throat> and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And you know, that right there, it really shows the humility and the, the humbleness that Joseph had. You know, I mean, he he could have said, Yeah, I told those dudes exactly what was going to happen. And, and, you know, the baker got his head lobbed off and the, the butler is restored and, and it's just exactly the way I said it, but he didn't. You see, the gift of interpretation came through God and that's exactly where he gave the credit to. He said, that's not one part me. It's all God. Verse 17, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river, and behold, there came up out of the river seven kind, fat-fleshed and well-favored. And they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill and lean-fleshed, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. They were terrible looking. And the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as in the beginning. It didn't put one ounce of meat on them. So I awoke. And I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk, full and good. And behold, seven ears, withered, thin, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it unto me. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. So both of them mean the same thing. It's a double witness. God hath showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. The seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume in the land. It's going to be just like the cattle, those ill cattle that came up and ate all the good cattle. And you couldn't tell the difference. Except for you just lost all your plenty. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 31. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of, the of, the of that famine following. For it shall be very grievous. And for the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. 
It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. He's saying he gave you, he, he showed you this double witness that he's not going to turn back from it. This is exactly how it's going to go down. So you got seven good years coming, but then there's fixing to be seven really bad years. And it's all in God's plan. Basically, what this is going to do, this seven bad years, is going to allow or going to cause Israel to come into Egypt and multiply greatly. You see, they'll come in with around 70 people, and then by the time they leave in the Exodus, there's going to be upwards of 2 million, and they're, they're not going to leave empty-handed either. Whenever they leave out, they are blessed whenever they leave out. So God has everything under control. Verse 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out, a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. So basically, build these storehouses up. And I guess you could say take a tax. And what they're doing is more or less they're funding a type of welfare system, I guess you could say. 36. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? So you see, even Pharaoh is seeing, hey, obviously this is not a magician or just a wise man, but the Spirit of God is with him. So, what's more wise than that? We need you. We, they just need to get out of the way. That's what he's saying. We, there's no use in us even looking any farther. Here he is right in front of us. Verse 39. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Joseph went from being a sold slave. He worked his way up a little bit, thrown into prison, and now he's second in command only to Pharaoh over all of Egypt. Verse 41, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, and he put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee! And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Now, he's doing pretty good. But who did it? God did it. Verse 44. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zephnath Paneah. And he gave him to wife 
Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. Now, that's important. Priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And, and Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. He could come and go as he pleased. He was no longer a prisoner. He's no longer a slave. Verse 47. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities. And the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea, very much, until he left numbering, till he couldn't count it anymore, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of the famine came, which Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God, said he, hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God had caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteousness that was in the land of Egypt were ended, and the seven years of death began to come according, and Joseph, according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all the lands. The famine was there. The drought was there. But in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the land, all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph. What he saith to you, do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened up the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all the countries all the countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because the famine was sore in all the land. Now, the reason why I pointed out that Joseph's father-in-law was the priest of On is there are, if you go back historically, you can find shepherd kings. Now, in Egypt, it was an abomination to, to raise cattle. But this priest was a shepherd. And these shepherds' kings, also known as the Hyksos, are a branch of the Adamic line. Uh, basically, they were Hebrews that got into Egypt earlier. Okay, And so the reason I'm pointing this out is because he being a priest of On, naturally he, was, he followed God. And this is still within the line that God would have the tribes of Israel come through, that Adamic line. So he's not, a lot of people would say, well, he married an Egyptian. Yes, an Egyptian by nationality, but not by her genealogy. So just wanted to point that out there that although he's in a different land, every, as far as genealogies go, everything still stayed pure. Chapter 42, verse 1. Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look one another? 
Why, why are y'all standing out here twiddling your thumbs? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. Y'all sitting here just standing around not doing anything and we're, we're starving to death. Take off. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, now this is the one who Rachel died in, in childbirth. Jacob sent not with his brethren, for he said, lest peradventure mischief befall him. So he's still real partial to Benjamin. Joseph was his favorite because Rachel, his wife, Joseph's mom, was his favorite wife. Now, Joseph, to the best of Jacob's knowledge, has been killed. And Benjamin's the last heir or the last son that he has from his favorite wife. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land. And he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the earth. Now you might remember back the dream that, that Joseph had about the corn stuff, about, about the, the, the bundles of hay bowing down, bundles of wheat bowing down before him. And Joseph saw his brethren and he knew them but made himself strange unto them, and he spake roughly unto them. Now, this roughly means that basically he was following, he was kind of, what, what, what he's going to do here is press them. He wants to see just if they're the same type, if they're the same ones that sold him mentally, or if they've changed. If maybe... You know, they've turned into better people. Maybe they've grown up a little. And he said unto them, Whence come you? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them, and said unto them, Ye are spies, to see the nakedness of the land you are come. And they said unto him, Nay, my lord, but to buy food for thy for." Food are thy servants come. We are all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land are you come. And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. And Joseph said unto them, That is that. That I spake unto you, saying, We ye are spies. Hereby ye shall be proved. By the life of Pharaoh ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. So prove it. If you really have a youngest brother sitting back there at the house, bring him down. Verse 16. Send one of you, and let him fetch your brother, and ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely ye are spies. And what he's trying to do is, he, he's not seen his brothers, and naturally he hadn't seen Benjamin, so he's wanting to get him down there. <clears throat> Verse 17, And he put them all together into the ward three days, 
And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do, and live, for I fear God. If ye be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn for the famine of your houses. But bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And they did so. They're saying, leave one here. Y'all take off. But he's not going to release that one until the others come back. What, and, and what this is doing is testing and seeing, hey, are this, is this the same group of guys that threw me in this pit and sold me? Are they still this mischievous that maybe they'll run off and not come back? Maybe they're going to just abandon their brother here? 21, and they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish in his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. Therefore, is this distress come upon us? Now they're starting to feel guilty about Joseph. And Reuben answered them saying, spake uh, I not unto you, saying, do not sin against the child and you would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. Because he, because Benjamin is Joseph's brother, so now they're, they're going about this. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. And he turned himself about from them and wept and returned to them again and communed with them and took from them Simeon and bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph commanded their sacks be filled with corn and restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way, and thus did he unto them. And they laded their asses with corn and departed thence. Now, we'll pick it up in verse 27 in the next lecture, or study, but what he's doing here, the reason why he turned and wept is because he could hear their guilt. He could hear that they felt bad, and it was, you know, it felt bad for selling him. felt bad for basically just throwing him to the wolves. And so it touched him. He sees that they're not the same group of brothers that were, were so envious back, then, back whenever they sold him. So we'll pick it up in verse 27. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, you can go to our website at www.humansundergrace.com and under the Contact Us page, submit your question. Also, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas 75691. Thank you and God bless you.